Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Shares in banks on both sides of the Atlantic have stabilised somewhat after a week of turbulence which brought down one of the oldest and biggest banks in Europe, Credit Suisse. But trouble had been brewing at the Swiss bank for years and some felt it was only a matter of time before it ran out of road. But how did it come to this? John Murray is a former managing director of Credit Suisse and a senior advisor to the then CEO Tijan Tiam, as well as a former senior financial regulator in the UK during the financial crisis. I began by asking him whether he was shocked when Credit Suisse collapsed on Sunday evening. I wasn't shocked in the immediate sense because what had happened in the United States to that Silicon Valley bank meant that banks were going to become under pressure. It's been rescued because I knew that the Swiss authorities would never allow one of their two enormous major banking institutions to, in that sense, go under, even though it's being swallowed by its rival UBS. I think the problems, of course, in Credit Suisse long predate the immediate issues that we've seen in recent days, starting in the US with that Silicon Valley bank. It has gone through a series of complex crises and problems stretching back since before the financial crisis, actually, of the 2008, etc. You were in the C-suite and you saw what the culture is like. What is the culture like within Swiss Bank? I joined the bank when I followed my then chief executive, who became chief executive of Credit Suisse a number of years ago. And he was the first of a series of chief executives who was brought in to rescue the bank, which had got itself into terrible trouble under its previous leader, who was a, a US investment banker called Brady Dugan. But at the heart of Credit Suisse's problems, or one of them, was the fact that there was this resistance, I think, in Switzerland, where it was seen as a very solid, traditional, conservative Swiss institution, to this American investment banking culture. And the two of them just really were never able to be properly aligned. How did it happen that such a conservative institution, as you say yourself, like Credit Suisse, managed to allow Bulgarian drug dealers to launder their money through the bank? Surely there should have been a whole flutter of red flags. You asked me about the culture, Joe, of Swiss banking. I mean, so Swiss banking, of course, you know, was, was always a force, partly because of its famous secrecy laws. So there's this weird dichotomy between state institutions and the good burgers of Zurich and the fact that, of course, they, they have been one of the world's, you know, repositories of some of the, you know, dodgiest money and assets in the world from Are- dictators to drug dealers forever. Now, are Swiss banks properly regulated, either in the past or now? Switzerland, as a governing system and as a society, is immensely proud of its independence and of its banks, which is why, as I said, it was never going to go bust-bust. I think the regulation was probably pretty light touch. But a lot of the stuff that Credit Suisse got entangled in I think, in a sense, you can't blame the regular. You know, a lot of bad decisions were made. But if, going back to the financial crisis, a lot of banks made a lot of bad decisions. And I mean, look at the amount of bad. Look at in Ireland. Look at the you know what happened. You know, to the banks in Ireland. You know, look what happened to the banks in the UK. Who would ever have thought that Sir Fred Goodwin, you know, and Royal Bank of Scotland would go bust and and all the rest of it? And the problem is. Credit Suisse never really recovered from that in the way that others did. And they had lots of complicated issues to do with their private banking. You mentioned Bulgarians, etc., you know, laundering money and all that kind of stuff. There are lots of, there are different aspects. So there's, there's two things. There's the go-go 
you know, Wall Street American Investment Bank making risky bets, okay? And then you have actually the traditional, if you like, private wealth management part in Switzerland dealing with perhaps some, shall we say, unsavory customers. So it's a complex set of issues there. But I mean, I think in going back to what happened, what's happened you know, this week, you know, Credit Suisse is the kind of the weakest shall we say, antelope in the herd. And so it's it. so the proximate cause or the immediate cause of its downfall is it's being picked off, you know, by the by the lines. Yeah. And you have seen financial crises before. You were there with Alistair Darling when he was trying to rescue British banks when they collapsed in two thousand and eight. Are we back in two thousand and eight territory or is this a a blip? I think people who I think people who say it's just a blip and this is a small thing, and they're much better regulated, and it won't become another financial crisis, are being slightly complacent. I think it's unlikely, but it's not impossible, because we're back to the, the word I'm sure your listeners have heard a lot of this week, which is contagion. And the point is, as things move up the chain, so one of the outcomes of what happened in 2008 of the great financial crash is that regulators greatly increased the capital requirements that banks are are needed to hold. And they also decided that there were banks in the world that were systemically important, the famous too big to fail, of which Credit Suisse was one, which has kind of shown that once again, the regulators are fighting the last war. Because the point about this is, none of us had ever heard of it, unless you were a unless you were a tech entrepreneur in Palo Alto, none of us had ever heard of SBB, Silicon Valley Bank, a bank that went bust, by the way, for holding U.S. Treasuries, the safest instrument in the world, which is an irony in itself, okay? Mm. Now, the point about that is, small bank, no one's ever heard of, though it was growing fast. They weren't looking at that because it's not systemically important. But small bank goes, then next bank, bigger goes, and soon it moves up the chain. Let me remind you, in the financial crisis, which actually started in 07, not in 08, the first bank to fail in the UK was Northern Rock, which mm. was a small mortgage lender. It wasn't Lloyds Bank or NatWest. Similarly, in the United States, a year before Lehman, Bear Stearns, which was a Wall, a Wall Street bank, but not one of the really big ones, failed. So it's the canary in the coal mine thing. So the question is, to answer your question, sorry, more succinctly, is this the canary in the coal mine or is this something that can be managed? I suspect the balance of probabilities is it will not be another 2007 to 2008. But one of the worries is, for example, is that the regulators and the central bankers particularly don't have a lot of firepower. Well, that was uh, John Murray, the former senior director with Credit Suisse and a former senior financial regulator uh, during the great financial crisis in 2007 and 8. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.